So glad you're here. Uh, my name's Terry, lead pastor. Uh, let me pray for us as we, uh, as we get going this morning. Uh, so Lord, that's what we long for, is that we would be uh, the church, but we need to understand what she is. And so we uh, pause this morning, desiring to look into the pages of Scripture and to be responsive to um, what we encounter there uh, concerning uh, this, this thing, this, this, the church. Uh, would you meet us this morning, uh, even as you've already been meeting with us? We ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. How you doing? All right? Fantastic. Um, this summer we've been on this journey together as a church family, looking at the big ideas of the Christian faith. And, and this morning we come to this question, what's the big idea about the church her- herself? Fundamentally, what is it that we're doing here? And when I just say that, I'm not talking just about kind of here this morning, but bigger picture, uh, what is the church really about in God's design and his plan? Uh, Nikki Gumbel, uh, founder of the Alpha Course, that's a course that's designed for a person uh, who's asking questions about faith, it's intended as an introduction to the Christian faith. He said there was a time in his life uh, when church could be defined by two words, boredom and buildings. Boredom in buildings. Well, I hope this morning we've demonstrated it doesn't have to be boredom. <laughs> um, and, and, I, and I would also point out then the fact that for the first 300 years that the church existed and radically grew, it didn't have anything like buildings. And, and so if we can kind of set aside those two objections, which ultimately he did himself, we can say, well, what is the church then supposed to be? And, and I'm going to offer you this summary of the church. The church is connection. And specifically the church is connection in three directions. It's those who have been connected to God through Jesus. And the church is connection to our world as Jesus. And we are connection to one another on behalf of Jesus. So so connection to God through Jesus, to our world as Jesus, and to one another on behalf of Jesus. And if that is true, then the other objection that's commonly sort of slammed against the church, it can't possibly be true. And that is the the assertion that the church is irrelevant. Well, Well, we can't be the connection to God through Jesus, to our world as Jesus, and to one another on behalf of Jesus, and be anything like irrelevant. It's got to be the exact opposite. So if we're going to examine this question of the church, I need to take us back 2,000 years or so uh, to the foundation of, of what Jesus began to call the church, the ecclesia, the, the assembled. And, and in order to draw the connection, to, to make the point that the church is fundamentally those who have been connected to Father God through Jesus. Jesus came. He came claiming uh, that he was bringing God's rule, that the kingdom of God was coming in, in response to, as part of his coming. And he would say ex- incredibly exclusive things like, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 
And Jesus brought together the Old Testament idea of the people of God as the the nation of Israel with this idea that God's rule, his reign, his kingdom was coming in the work and person of Jesus. And then he began using this word church, assembly, ecclesia, to describe those who were his followers in response to all that he was doing. Jesus said things like, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. So the church is this collection of those uh, who've been connected to Father God through Jesus. He's the way, the truth, the life. He's the way back to the Father. He is truth existentially. Uh, He is life experienced. And, And he's about this work of building his ecclesia, his assembly, his church A word that sometimes gets attached to uh, what I'm describing here is is, is the idea that we're describing here the universal church. Uh, So rather than just describing the local assembly, the local gathering, the the local ecclesia, we're describing all who have been followers of Jesus throughout all time, uh, in every geographical region of the world, we're, we're describing the universal church. Our statement of faith voices it like this. Uh, The universal church, referring to Jesus, uh, where Jesus is the head or Jesus is the leader, and it consists of all those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, are redeemed through his blood. Helen talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Um, This idea that we have been rescued from peril through the work of Jesus, because of Jesus. Through the blood of Jesus, we've been redeemed. We've been restored back to God from peril. Redeemed through his blood, regenerated, in other words, made new, restored according to original design and intent, regenerated by the Holy Spirit and commissioned by Christ to go into all the world as witnesses, people with mission. Um, That's language straight out of our statement of faith. And the fact that it it points to there is that you can be connected to God. Uh, Helen referenced this a couple of weeks ago as well, pointing out that it's often a shame and self-condemnation. It was referenced even in the the video clip we showed there. It's often shame and self-condemnation that separates people from God. And, and, And they believe, we are inclined to believe the lie that well, I, he could never accept me, knowing what I've done. And yet the fact is that he knows everything and, and issues invitation to be restored to himself in friendship, despite those things, but through, through Jesus. Helen described her own story and added her story alongside the story, the accounts of those who have lived historically, and we, we see their accounts in Scripture. And, 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 and she could say, did say, he has accepted me through Jesus. I have been forgiven, and you can be forgiven too. And I can add my story to that. Alongside the pages of Scripture, alongside other fellow followers of Jesus, and say, do you know what? I have experienced his forgiveness. I am experiencing his healing in my life. And I'm experiencing the joy of being restored in relationship to God and restored in relationship to other human beings. And it's all because of Jesus. 
when we begin bringing these stories together, these accounts together of what God's doing in our lives, and they become part of this collective, part of this greater story, which is the story of God at work redeeming his, his created human beings back to himself. The church is the collection of those people who've been connected to God through Jesus. But the church is more than this. The church is connection to our world as Jesus. You see, our our testimony and and the collection of all of our testimonies of encounter with God and verifying the experience of the truth that has been presented to us and that we've come to understand, it begins to speak as this collective It begins to speak into our world and becomes the visible expression of the universal church. Listen to the Apostle Paul's words on this. He says in Ephesians chapter 3, Christ's intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. You see, his work in you is speaking. It's speaking something profound. His work in us is speaking. And it's not just speaking to the the family, that's seeing a transformation take place in your life. The friends who say, there's something different about you. But it's also speaking to the heavenly realms, into a spiritual reality. Your story is speaking in the physical world, but it's also speaking in the spiritual world, and it's declaring the greatness of our God and his plan. That, That he has stepped into our world, despite our rebellion against our creator, and is making a way for us to be restored together. It's speaking of his greatness. And Scripture uses a metaphor to help us begin to see uh, this visible expression. Our statement of faith talks about that. Universal church, but then visible expression in the local church. The most common metaphor that's used is the, the statement, this idea around the church as being the body of Christ. We are his hands, we are his feet. To the world, we are Jesus embodied. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 12, he says, you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. Now, now, let me invite you to think for a moment. What would it be like if Jesus were to be physically among us once again? Like, Can you imagine the news reports? You know, sighting of Jesus, right? You know, can you imagine the gatherings, the, the stadiums that would be filled, uh, the, the outdoor amphitheaters overflowing with people who just want to get a, get a glimpse of him, hear him themselves? Um, maybe you'd be like me and you'd say, I wonder if I get close enough to touch him. You, you know, and is there any chance that he would touch me? Can you, can you picture what that might be like in our day? Now consider these words of Paul, Ephesians 5. Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. We are members of his body. You see, the fact is Jesus is walking around. He is present through you and me, individually and collectively. He is making his presence known through us. 
There's an old song that only a few of us are likely to have ever heard, but the lyrics, I think, speak to this. If not in you, I wonder where, will they ever see the one who really cares? If not from you, how will they find there's one who heals the broken hearts and gives sight to the blind? You're the only Jesus some will ever see. You're the only words of life some will ever read. So let them see in you, the one in whom is all they'll ever need. Because you're the only Jesus some will ever see. And if not in us, I wonder who will show them love. And love, that love alone can make things new. If not from us, how will they learn there's one who will trade their hopelessness and give joy in return? So let them shine. Let, let them show. Let them see him in you. We've got to let them know because you're the only Jesus some will ever see. Now, the church are those connected to God through Jesus. Then the church is connection to the world as Jesus. But the church is also connection to one another on behalf of Jesus. You see, we are together on purpose. If you're visiting us this morning, I'm super glad that you're here. And I hope that you're quickly finding that this is a family that would have open arms and welcome you in to connection to God, to our world, and to one another. God has purpose and has design in your place here among us. And if you've been here for forever, it seems, God has design and purpose and intent in the role that you would play among us as part of the body of Christ. Are you a hand? Are you an ear, an eye, a nose? There's an intentional and a beautiful interdependence between us as the body. And so in writing to the local church in Rome, Paul writes this. He says, Romans chapter 1, verse 11, I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gifts to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Mutually encouraged. Come together for one another's benefit. When he wrote to the church in the city of Corinth addressing this very subject, he said in 1 Corinthians 12, he said, if one part suffers, so he's referring to this metaphor, the body of Christ, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. All of 1 Corinthians 12 is speaking to our interdependence and the necessity of us relating together and caring for one another. He talks about spiritual gifts and how we are collaboratively structured together. He talks about the necessity of unity for us to be together. He says, one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. And then we get to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If I speak in the language of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm only a resounding gong and a clanging cymbal. If I could speak with words of prophecy, and in all knowledge, we don't have love. I have nothing. He's talking about the church. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. proud. Okay, I won't, I won't try to impress you with my bad memorization. He's talking about the church. 
That passage, when we read at weddings, we talk about the value. He's talking about the manifestation of what was supposed to happen in the body of Christ as we come together. And he says, now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. And then goes right on in chapter 14 and says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy, which he was talking about back in chapter 12. It's all connected. This is who we are to be. We are to be Jesus to one another. Encouraging one another, building one another up, loving one another, in order that we could be Jesus to our world and experience the extraordinary blessing that is ours to be those who are in relationship with Father God through Jesus. Because this is who we are. This is the church. i got to tell you, I begin to think about the implications of this, and it's frankly, it's overwhelming. We say, we fall so far short so often. We, we, we find ourselves tripping over our own feet, do we not? And, and way too often, we, 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 there's a series of passages in the New Testament that we refer to as the one another passages, which kind of take this to another level. Love one another, care for one another. Let me just read some of these passages for you specifically. But be devoted to one another in love, brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Accept one another. Instruct one another. Greet one another. Agree with one another so that there may be no divisions among you. Serve one another in love. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Clearly, that's an affirmation of musical theater. Tim, what a lovely job you've done of your hair today. Uh, I, I, if you've been tending to your beard especially well. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I'm sure that was what Paul was describing there, was musical theater. Uh, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Bear with each other and forgive each other's grievances that you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. Encourage one another. Build one another up. Let us consider how to spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Love one another deeply from the heart. Finally, all of you live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic. Love brothers. Be compassionate and humble. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. This is the message you heard from the beginning, John tells us. And he says you should love one another. If we were to go through that letter that John wrote, 1 John, over and over and over again, he would say, love one another, love one another, love one another. And Paul says, love is patient, love is kind. It's it's easy to be overwhelmed. The, The church's connection to one another on behalf of Jesus. So, so, so if this is the big idea about the church connected to one another on behalf of Jesus, connected to our world as Jesus, connected to the Father through Jesus, is there any chance that you've been undervaluing this? It's easily done. I mean, quite frankly, I think about the church every day, sometimes 24-7, I even dream about it. And yet, I know I'm inclined to undervalue what's going on here, what it is God's doing here. Is is your vision for the church possibly too small? And and then what do you do do with this? If you say it's it's overwhelming, if you agree with me and find it overwhelming, where do you start? And, And I would say, 
one thing. Start with one thing. I mean, maybe you're called to three or four things, but start with one thing. Maybe it's, it's reaching out to someone who's in your life group and just being a friend to them, just loving them. This past Thursday and Everything Okay, I put a list of serving opportunities that are there. Maybe you'd look through that and say, there, there's one thing there that I, that I could accomplish, that I could invest myself in as part of being the body of Christ. Maybe you're already doing that one thing. And maybe it's even outside the walls of here, but there's a new vision for being Jesus in that situation. Maybe for you it's time to identify yourself with the church through membership. There are, uh, there are two levels of, of membership in the church. The first level happens through salvation, where you step into the universal church. You, you agree with God concerning the sin in your life that has separated you from him, and you accept his forgiveness through Jesus. And, and if I could help you engage in that process, I would be delighted. There are many of us here that would be thrilled to walk you through that journey. But then the second level is to identify yourself with a local body. To say, here are the people who are my people, with whom I will identify myself as part of the body of Christ, as part of the local manifestation, the visible representation to this community. And and I'll put down some roots here. We'll offer a class this fall um, uh, exploring membership. Uh, We'll offer a baptism this fall if you've not taken care of that. What's holding you back? We are living in a world that is longing for connection. And the church is about connection. We are connection. Human beings have been hardwired by God uh, to be connected to one another in meaningful, in meaningful, substantial relationship. Where are you connected? Are you connected upward? Are, are you connected outward? Are, are you connected inward? We talk about it here, uh, falling in love with Jesus, the upward peace, falling in love with Jesus through worship and the word, um, inviting others to fall in love with Jesus too through meaningful relationships in our community, um, growing in our love for Jesus, that we would be increasingly like Jesus, upward, outward, inward. Where, where are you connected? And, and then I would ask, where Are you expressing that connection? Where are you expressing welcome? Where are you being a connector? Inviting people in to experience the welcome that is the body of Christ. Let me invite you to stand with me and and, and say, is this something that we can work on together? Worship team, if you come and join me. This is something that we can work on together. As we, you know, I mean, it's end of August, right? We're, we're putting plans together for our fall. We're, we're scheduling stuff that, that needs to be scheduled. Where is it that the body of Christ would be prioritized in your calendar this fall? Um, what's the one thing that you would invest yourself in as part of the, this local expression of this visible manifestation of the universal church uh, here in this place? Lord Jesus, we ask that you would, would lead us in these kinds of questions. That, that we would be able to identify that, 
Certainly the church is not boredom, nor is it uh, building. Um, nor is it anything like irrelevant. It is connection. And I pray that we would give, give us favor, grant us favor, where we are attempting to connect um, others to you. Give us favor, Lord, where we are attempting to be your hands and feet, Lord Jesus, to our community, to our world. And teach us how to better love one another, how to better, better be you, Lord Jesus, to one another. We confess our limitations, our weariness, our complacency. And ask, O oh God, that you would strengthen us with fresh ambition, fresh courage, fresh faith, that, that we would be resolved to join you in this work and to be your church. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen.